Good morning, friends. Today's message is titled, Strange Days Indeed. Our text is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 17. Back in 1984, Beatle John Lennon recorded a song titled, Nobody Told Me. This song contained this refrain, Nobody told me there would be days like these, strange days indeed, strange days indeed. So how should we live in times like these? Because it certainly seems like these are pretty strange days. Well, Paul has some good advice in Ephesians chapter 5 as he wrote the Ephesians. He offers us three answers, each one filled with a clear direction for these strange days and for the days to come. We face a strange situation in our world today, a seeming contradiction. First of all, Paul says, watch your step. Verse 15, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Now, to be careful means literally to walk accurately or precisely. The King James uses the old word circumspectly. It has the idea of walking on a narrow path along the side of a steep mountain. Keep your eyes open lest you take a wrong step and plunge to your death. You know, sometimes we are guilty of living way too fast. We make too many snap judgments too many hasty decisions. We speak too fast, move too fast, react too fast, answer before we hear the question, keep pressing the throttle of life forward because we've got too much on our plate and we dare not slow down. You know, it's even possible in the name of God to go too fast. We want to right the wrongs of the world too fast or win the world too fast or, you know, cure the evils of the world with one Facebook post. Yeah, because we speak too quickly, our words are hasty and often ill-timed. We go before we're ready, speak before we have anything to say, and teach before we are taught and build high before we build deep. Now, what happens when you hurry, hurry, hurry? Well, you don't watch where you're going and you trip and fall. And most often we trip not in headlong pursuit of evil, but in our headlong pursuit of the good. The answer lies not in buying a planner or getting organized, but in those ancient words of the psalmist, Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. When we slow down enough to get God involved, we discover that he can do more through us than we can ever accomplish on our own. Second Paul reminds us to redeem the time, verse 16, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. The King James uses the word redeem as in redeeming the times. To us, redeem is a salvation word, but originally it comes from the marketplace and it means to buy back or purchase. You redeem something when you buy it for your own use. And you'll also note the word opportunity instead of time. That's because the Greek language has two basic words for time. One word, uh, chronos, refers to the passage of time in the sense that we talk about hours, minutes, and seconds. Like, what time is it? Well, it's 6.22 p.m. We're going to leave in eight minutes. Uh, the other Greek word, kairos, refers not to the strict passage of time, but to the moment of opportunity that requires action. It's what Martin Luther King meant when he told that crowd gathered at the Lincoln Memorial on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., uh, back in August of 1963, he said, we have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce 
urgency of now. I love that. The fierce urgency of now. But that is not all. Paul says there is a particular reason we must redeem the time and grasp this fierce urgency of now. And you just check that little phrase at the end of verse 16. It says, because the days are evil. Or in the message translation, it says, these are desperate times. See, Paul writes these words while chained to the guards in a Roman jail. The emperor was a man by the name of Nero, who a perverted excuse for a king. Before too long, he'd set fire to Rome and blamed the Christians, and later he would order Paul beheaded. And Ephesus was a city wholly given over to heathenism. In Paul's day, it was the most important city in the Roman province of Asia. It's located near the coast, and Ephesus served as the center for international commerce. It was a prosperous, bustling, booming city. If there had been a Fodor's guide to Ephesus in the first century, it would have mentioned the famous temple of Artemis. That was the glory of ancient Ephesus. Artemis was called Diana by the Romans, but they referred to the same thing. Artemis was the goddess of sex. Her temple was considered one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. The central portion contained a statue of a woman with many breasts, symbolizing unfettered sexual freedom. Now, we in the 21st century have nothing on the ancient world. I mean, the people worked themselves up into a religious frenzy and then followed their lustful desires. One ancient writer said of the Ephesians, their morals were lower than animals. Astrology, black magic, and sorcery joined with sexual perversion to produce a degraded form of idolatry that held ancient Ephesus in its grip. Meanwhile, clouds of persecution are rolling in on the horizon. And as the gospel spread, it encountered opposition in the form of entrenched interests that saw Jesus and his followers as a threat. Now, all of this probably sounds rather familiar. It almost sounds like summer 2020. And see, what is happening is the cross-currents of heresy were threatening to undermine the purity of the gospel. And that's what Paul meant when he said, these are desperate times. You can only imagine what Paul would say today. Evil days, friends, tempt us to despair. They encourage us to give up, to say, we can't do it, we can't make it, because the day is dark or the hearts of men have grown cold, there's nothing to be done. Well, I, for one, refuse to think like that. I mean, sometimes we give up too soon. The things that make it difficult for us uh, to live as Christians are the things that make us shine. I mean, hard times are blessings in disguise. Days of moral compromise offer incredible opportunities for the gospel. When the world around us seems to be going crazy, we have an incredible opportunity to display the life-changing power of Jesus. The darker the night, the brighter the light shines. Here's the third thing that Paul encourages. Do God's will. Verse 17, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now, I don't know what's going to happen next. We've got some difficult days ahead. There's no doubt about it. But I just want to do God's will. You know, those seven words, I just want to do God's will, summarize how we all ought to face the future, understanding the fierce urgency of now, grateful for being alive for such a time as this, wherever God has placed us. So the final question might be, if I were in prison, the guys would say, so, Doc, are you an optimist or a pessimist? The answer is yes. 
both. But mostly an optimist because I know God is in control of the circumstances of life. See, sometimes the answer depends on where you are at at the moment. It's kind of like being in Jerusalem when Jesus was crucified. On Friday, pessimism reigned. But on Sunday, as the truth slowly dawned that the Lord had risen from the dead, as that one great truth broke through, as they began to believe the best good news anyone could ever hear, sorrow turned to joy, grief turned to laughter, despair gave way to hope. Now, thankfully, we live on this side of the empty tomb. So, yes, Christians are both pessimists and optimists. But we are much more optimistic because though we see what's happening in the world around us today, we know that Jesus conquered the grave. And because he lives, we too will live. Yes, my friends, this may sound strange, but these are great days to be alive. Exciting days, amazing days, uncertain days, frightening days. And all those things are true at the same time. When we see evil advancing in the world, just keep in mind what Jesus said in John 14:1: Let not your heart be troubled. Now, I can't recall who said this, but in times like these, it helps to recall that there have always been times like these. And no matter what happens today, the promises of God will still be true. Let me give you a few scriptures. Exodus 15, 2. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Deuteronomy 31, 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. 1 Samuel 2, 2. There is no rock like our God. 2 Kings 6.16, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Or how about the familiar beginning of Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or another favorite, Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 103, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Or how about an Old Testament prophet, Micah? Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgressions of the remnant of his inheritance? Or into the New Testament, we've got to do a Romans passage. Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? Or Hebrews 13.5, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And one more from 1 John 4.4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Now, here are... Two final verses. I could have done hundreds of these from all over the Bible. The first one is actually the next to the last verse in the entire Bible. It comes from Revelation 22.20. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And the second is this. Therefore, my dear brothers, we should say sisters as well, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that you, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That's 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. So in the end, we can say these five things. Be encouraged. Let not your hearts be troubled. Watch your step. Redeem the time. Seek to do God's will every day. So friends, why be a pessimist? when we are living in the greatest days of history. Who knows but that we may be the generation that hears the trumpet call of God. Jesus may indeed come back in our lifetime. If that's true, things will get better, 
and worse at the same time. In any case, do not despair. As Christ follows, it's time to seize the day for God and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion.